0: So, in keeping with our two assumptions, right, that we want to live a good and long life and that we want to grow in our faith, I'm going to ask you three questions, right? Three questions that I'm going to show you, I think, are in our scripture passage today. If you turn to the back side of your bulletin, you have three underlining questions. Now, these are very specific questions and questions that several of us have been asking ourselves for a while. Now, on Wednesday evenings, those three questions are, where have you seen God? How have you served God? And when have you denied Christ? We have used those three questions to connect to ourselves and to keep our faith connected to God in different ways. Now, let me show you how I find this in Scripture. First of all, you want to talk about a beach-to-bay story, huh? It's been about a week since Jesus was resurrected, at least a week. And Peter and the other disciples are sitting around there. They're just who knows what they're doing. Maybe they got all dressed up and they're listening to some guy talk and go on and on. Who knows? But they're all sitting together. And someone, Peter, says, you know what? I want to go fishing. Who'd be the first one here to say that? Yeah, I, I was looking back there. I knew, right? So I want to go fishing. And then Peter says, I want to go fishing. Thomas, some of them says, well, I'm going to go with you. Right. And so they all get up and they go fishing. They go about a football field linked out into the water and they're fishing. And they're actually what happened to them is part of the reason why I don't find myself fishing too much, because it's called fishing. It's not called catching. Right. (laughs) They're there all night and they're fishing and fishing, but they're not getting anything. And as they're out there on the boat, who knows what they're thinking about. They may be thinking about uh, the resurrection and what they've heard and what they think they've seen and how it's impacted them and what they've been through. They may be mad as you know what because they can't get any fish. Who knows? But as daybreak comes, they hear something. They hear somebody call out to them and say, hey, you don't got no fish, do you? (laughs) No, we don't. We don't have any fish. And they hear the voice say, well, take your nets and cast them on the other side of the boat. Because I'm sure all through that night, they've only been fishing out of one side of the boat. Right. That's how fishing works. You don't move. You just stay right there. You don't change your net at all. You don't move at all. You just fish from one exact location the entire night. Is that how fishing works? <laughs> but Jesus says, you know what? All you have to do is put your nets on the other side this time. I don't know what these disciples are thinking. These, some of these are, are fishermen by trade. These are people who know how to fish, who know how to fish for a living. Maybe they hear this voice and think, who in the world are you? Oh, I didn't try to fish from that side of the boat. But you know what? They did. And this time, this time they caught something. John tells us they caught so much they could barely pull it up. They were having trouble with it. And then they hear Again, they hear that voice. And when they hear that voice, the disciple whom John, whom Jesus loved, which was who? Just a reminder, I want you to know your Bible. Um, Disciple whom Jesus loved John. John says, it is the Lord. I don't know if maybe hearing that voice and hearing the directive of what to do, and then all of a sudden seeing this miraculous catch of fish, John realizes that, oh my goodness, that has to be Jesus. This reminds me of other things Jesus has done. When Jesus has told us to do something, great things have happened because we have done what he's told us to do. It is the Lord, John says. Now, when John recognized it was the Lord, he cried out, it was Lord. But then uh, the scripture tells us that when Simon Peter heard that it was Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked. You ever wonder why people think Christians are weird? <laughs> Just as a side note, please don't ever invite me to any of your fishing trips if we're going to be doing it naked, Please. But Peter recognizes, you know what, that is, Jesus. He puts on clothes and he jumps into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. And when they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. And Jesus said, bring some of that fish you have caught. The resurrected Christ, the one who was left lifeless On the cross, the one whom God had raised up by the power of God's hand. Jesus himself says, I'm hungry, y'all. Bring me some of that fish. I've got the fire ready. My kind of Jesus, man. Come and have breakfast, Jesus says. Now, none of the disciples dare to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. But then Jesus gave them some of the bread and some of the fish. That's part of this great story. And as we think about what this means for us and our idea of connecting to God and connecting to each other, I want you to think about that first question I, I asked you. Where have you seen Sometimes we'll say things like, well, we see God everywhere. We see God in the in in the in the mountains and in the wave of of the waves and in the trees and the work of nature. And I want to affirm all of that. Right. I want to affirm that that scripture teaches that as well, that the Psalms tell us that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and that we can see the power of God through nature. I think as those disciples were out on the boat, they could see the power of God in different ways. I think they would have seen uh, the, the mountains, the same things. But you know what? They didn't tell us about the mountains in John 21. They didn't tell us about the sea. They didn't tell us about the wind. You know what they told us? That Jesus asked us to come and have breakfast. Because there are some moments when we are absolutely sure that we are in the presence of God. I want you to think about if you've ever been in that hospital room when new life is birthed, when a new life comes into the world, you better believe God is there. I want you to think about moments when, when you have been going through something and, and, and God has just overwhelmed you with, with peace or, or answered a prayer and you've felt it and you've known it and you, you've been able to say that this was God. There are so many times when we pay attention that God is saying to us in one way or another, come and have breakfast with me. I am alive and well. I am moving and I am doing good things. And I want you to see me. See, we're reading a story about the disciples seeing Jesus. Because They saw, and it meant something to them. And when we've been gathering together, we ask ourselves, where have we seen Christ? We talk about these times in our life in the past week or so that we have seen Christ. Times when we've been praying for something and God has answered a prayer, or God has given us something, or we have been with family, or we have been in a moment where, where God has done something for us, and we have been absolutely sure that God is with us. And part of what we're doing is learning how to be aware. And I love it. I've had there have been about 20 or so people that have been doing this on an uh, ongoing basis, weekly basis. And about a quarter of them at different times, different places have said, you know, Pastor John, this has helped me be more aware. And you know what happens when you're more aware? You grow. I'm sorry, that second assumption was that we wanted to Grow in our faith. So maybe if we could become more aware of the presence of God around us. Second question is How have you served Christ? And I want you to hear uh, Jesus and Peter now. They're having breakfast. Paul and the others, are, or, excuse me, Peter and the others are drying off and they're kind of thinking to themselves, can this be happening? How awesome is this? Uh, it, everything we've seen, we've heard, it's here. We know it. And in the middle of all of that, Jesus turns to Peter. You know Peter. You remember Peter's story. Big mouth Peter. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? fellas, your wife ever ask you that out of nowhere one day? It's a trap, y'all, I'm just saying it's... <laughs> Peter, do you love me? <laughs> yes, Lord, you know that I love you, and feed my lambs oh okay, I can do that. And who knows how long, maybe a few minutes or so, Jesus looks around and then gets Peter's attention again. He calls him. He says, hey, um, Peter, do you love me? <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, you asked me that a second ago, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still love you. Yeah. And tend to my sheep. Okay. I can do that. This third time. Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? Look, Jesus, I don't know what point you're trying to make. I mean, you haven't asked anybody else if they love you. I don't know why you had asked me three times, but okay, fine, you should know. And I know you know this. Of course I love you. Then feed my lambs. I'm convinced that some of us We've got the love language of God down where we know that we need to love God. We know that we need to believe in God. But we've forgotten the second part of that call. Feed my lambs. Tend to my sheep. Being a child of God is not just knowing that we are children of God. It's about going out and making sure that everybody else knows that, too. And the truth is, so many times we neglect that part of our faith. And so we've gotten together and we say, when's the last time you've served God? And sometimes we can faithfully say, you know what? I was at the food bank this week. I served God. I was out passing invitations. I've served God. I was out at the store and, and there was somebody who needed help. I served God that way. There was somebody who was in need of something at their home. I served God. There was somebody who who hadn't been called. There was somebody who hadn't been prayed for. I called. I prayed for them. And we are seeing the ways that God is calling us sometimes. Church folk, good church folk, just like yourself, think all the service stuff is supposed to be done by people like me. Well, pastor, that's why we pay you the big bucks. No. We are all called to serve. And so part of our connecting together is to say, well, how have you taken God up on that serving? God's given you the opportunity to serve. You don't have to think about it too much. Really, God is saying there are people all around you that need you. If you would just pay attention to them, you could serve them easily. But part of how we connect is to say, how have you served God lately? Because it's what Christ has asked us to do. The third question, it's funny how these groups work, because, you know, we, we learn to see God. We say, you know what? It was so great. I got to see God in the, in the face of a, of a family member or at a par or something. I see. It was so great. Then we say, well, how have you served God? Oh, it was great. God gave me a chance to serve. It, and it was so good. And then we say, well, how have you denied God? Me well. Next now, to be sure, when we say denying God, we aren't saying that, oh, when have you thought to yourself that God doesn't exist? That's not what we're talking about. We are recognizing that God has given us a calling to follow. You, you, you heard it read right after all that was said, after Jesus and Peter had this interaction, interaction where he says, I feed my sheep, tend to my lambs, feed my lambs. And then he says, now, come follow me. Right. Come follow me into a life of discipleship. Come follow me into a life of faith. The truth is, we do not always take God up on that. We say, oh, well, we're just sinners. No, no, we're not just sinners. We are the children of God. We have been made new by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is doing some stuff in our hearts and in our life. We don't just sit back and say nothing I can do about it. I'm just a sinner. There is something we do about it. We say, God, I'm sorry for who I've been and for what I've been so that now I can be prepared to be exactly what you want me to be. So the question we ask is, how have you denied Christ? And this is where it comes into the story. And many of you have heard this before. It's a traditional way we look at this story. Jesus asked Peter, how many times do you love me? Three. And we've often looked at at that and we remembered Peter specifically. That's who Jesus is talking to. And we remember at one time Jesus told Peter that he would do what three times? He would deny him. You see, he wouldn't deny that he existed. He would deny His relationship to him, he would deny that he had a calling to follow him. He would deny. His purpose of life and sisters and brothers, here's the truth. We all do that. We all at times would rather do our own thing than God's will. We all would rather serve ourselves than serve somebody else. Sometimes. Now, I'm not telling you that to make you feel guilty. I'm telling you that because we are all guilty. And the great part of the story is that Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And it seems like maybe if nothing else, symbolically, Jesus is saying, you remember those three times you said you didn't know me? Guess what? It's okay. It's okay. We can start over. And when you and I deny Christ, when we deny our discipleship, when we would rather be focused on our own lives and doing our own things, sometimes we get so far along, we think, well, there's nothing I can do about it now. But, sisters and brothers, that is not good news. The good news is there is something that has already been done about it. And we can follow. And I I want to encourage you. Hear me again about what we're trying to do, connecting to God and connecting to each other with these three questions. at the Very least. Where have we seen God? How have we served God? And when have we denied God? And there is something freeing about being able to sit with somebody else that, you know, loves and cares for you and them just to hear it. And that with the grace of God, we can move on. We can move on and grow to new faithfulness. I want you to strongly consider being a part of a group in our church that does just that. We're already studying together. We're studying scripture together. We have Sunday school classes. We have Sunday evening class where I lead a study as well. We're studying together. Some of you are part of other study times. Here's the thing. The church is studying a whole lot, but there are a lot of studying Christians that aren't following Christians. You know what I mean? There's a whole lot of Christians that know a whole lot of stuff, but they don't know how to follow. Y'all with me? So we don't need another study time. We already have a worship time. We have plenty of service times where we can serve God together. What we're missing is a time and a place for us to talk about how we are living out our faith together. And that's what our small groups are about. Now I want you to think about this story. I want you to pray about uh, those different elements that we see about seeing God on the sea, hearing God, hearing Christ say, I want to have a little breakfast with you. I want to show you my glory. I want to show you my power. I want to bless you with peace beyond measure. I want to show you how I can use everything about your life to do great things in my name. And I want to remind you that I don't care how far you've turned for me i am always here to welcome you back sisters and brothers that is the good news amen yeah amen